Andrew Talks to Chefs is an independent podcast. For current and past episodes, Andrew's blog, contact information, and more, please visit andrewtalkstochefs.com. To support us, please visit patreon.com slash andrewtalkstochefs. Enjoy the show. I'm Massimo Bottura. This is Amanda Cohen. This is David Kinch. This is Mike Anthony. This is Huni Kim. This is Amanda Freitag. This is Richard Blaze. This is Paul Kahn. This is Curtis Stein. This is Stephen Harris. This is Missy Robbins. And you're listening to Andrew Talks to Chefs. Obviously, the photo reportage is a huge part of the book and, and maybe the strongest part of the, the, the book. But there's, I think it's 50 or 60 recipes. They're trying to get you into the kitchen without you freezing and, 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 and saying, I can't do this. They have a much more light approach to how you could approach food. That is the voice of Bo Beck chef and author of the new book, The Relation Between Us. He is our guest today on Andrew Talks to Chefs. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Andrew Talks to Chefs. I am your host, Andrew Friedman. This is our second show in just two days, so I'm going to keep the intro short. I shared what was on my mind this week on yesterday's show with Deborah Madison. Today, we have one of my favorite recurring guests, Chef Bo Beck. If you don't know Bo, he used to be the chef of the landmark restaurant Paustian. More recently, he was the chef of Geist, which he left not too long ago. That, of course, was a restaurant in Copenhagen. He first joined us on the show to talk about his book, In My Blood, and now he is back to talk to us about his newest book, which is called The Relation Between Us. It was just recently published, and before I say anything else about it, I need to tell you that Bo, and this is something I quite admire about him, we talk about it during the interview, but he self-publishes. So while I usually say, you know, somewhere in the intro or somewhere in the outro of the show, you, you can get the book anywhere books are sold. In this case, I'm going to specifically direct you to the website chefbobeck.com. That's chef, B-O-B-E-C-H.com. And if you navigate to the book page, that is where you can order the book. I'm told it arrives within about five days of order. So if you're listening to this show about the time it's dropping... You could maybe get it out there in time for Christmas or maybe buy it for yourself at the holidays. And if you find you don't remember what that website was, that site is linked to in the description for this show on the episode page for it at andrewtalkstochefs.com and also on the episode listing for this conversation at Apple Podcasts where the links are functional. So if you go to either of those places, you can click right through to where you can order the book. I love talking to Bo. I know that he is a chef by trade, but in my opinion, I think he, this will sound corny, but I think he has the heart and the awareness of an artist. He's a very open person. He does, he's a very thoughtful person. He thinks a lot about all the things that we all think about, but he really seems to go deep on them. And he's very open about his thoughts and observations in a way that I find very compelling. Uh, I always learn something new when I talk to him. And it, to be honest, sometimes helps me out in my own life and my own thoughts about some of the same topics. 
His new book is absolutely gorgeous. Again, it is called The Relation Between Us. It is a collection, and it is an oversized book, and it is a collection of Bo's photographs. And I don't know what that might mean when you hear that a chef is publishing a book of their photographs, but I am here to tell you the photographs are of a professional caliber. The book is beautifully produced. And the book is not just photographs, but also essays about his travels around the world, his thoughts about travel and cooking. And there are approximately 50 of what are billed as recipes, but they're very loose recipes. They're presented in a very flexible, adaptable way, a very personal way. Oftentimes he talks to you directly as the reader through his words on the page. And basically he's giving you a very flexible, adaptable set of tips for what to do with a particular ingredient and how you can massage those individual recipes to suit your own taste or what you might have on hand or what your mood might be on a given day. And taken together, it's just a great book to spend time with, especially during, obviously, this pandemic that we're all in. If you are feeling a bit uh, of cabin fever, if you are feeling a bit of wanderlust, if you are someone like me who likes to travel, I think you will find that this might satisfy that in in a, well, virtual is the wrong word, but in a literary and visual way, uh, maybe in a spiritual way, would be a good way to put it. That's really, I think, all... I need to say about it. So with that, I'm going to get you right to it. Here is my conversation with Chef Bo Beck. Here you go. So Bo, it's great to hear your voice. Last time we saw each other was, I mean, it seems like another another life maybe. Uh, It was less than a year ago. It was in at the Philadelphia Chef Conference uh, at the first weekend of March. Uh, It was just before the shutdown in the United States. And I guess the timing wasn't all that different in Copenhagen, right? You you guys shut down not long after that when you were still uh, with the restaurant. First of all, good to talk to you again, Andrew. Uh, it feels like it's been a couple of years, even though it was yeah. in March. I remember I came home. Uh, I think I arrived back in Copenhagen on a Friday, and I was invited to go with my very good friend Nikolai, who owns Cadeau, uh, sure. the restaurant. And, uh, we were invited to have a private opening dinner at Maemo uh, in Oslo on Monday. Um, and on Sunday, Nikolai and I, we were touching base and sort of uh, talking about, hey, uh, this seems really intense. Uh, people are starting to talk about we can't travel and doing anything. And uh, actually within uh, my group, the organization I was with at the time, they were sort of saying, hey, please stay home. And I was like hey, you are interrupting with my life. Uh, I wasn't really um, accepting reality. And then on Monday morning, I was halfway uh, in a cab to the airport listening on the radio, and I called Nikolai and said, Nikolai, it's just food. Let's cancel and do it when we get back on the other side of this. And that was it. Yeah. And then two days later... Uh, Denmark lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember actually the first, our mutual friend, Jeff Gordonier, uh, I got a text from him the day uh, that happened. He was the first person I had heard it from. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was when that, 
you know, that that slow rolling shutdown seemed to be going around the globe. Um, if you don't mind yeah. me asking, I, you know, of course, I'll have talked about the, the book in the um, introduction to the show, and we'll talk about it in detail in a moment. But you're such a you're such an unfiltered person, Bo. You're such an open person. You're you're so in touch with your emotions at any given time. I, if you don't mean, mind me asking, um, can you just tell people what this year has been like for you and and how you're faring at the moment as we catch up today? Thank you for that huge compliment. If we go back to 19, I started in the summer, uh, starting feeling um, that it felt like I was sort of just a caretaker of my restaurant. Um, what initially began with rest- uh, with Geist, it was we wanted to introduce uh, a radical uh, change to the restaurant scene in Copenhagen. And we wanted to sort of see if we could attempt introducing a new upcoming classic for the city. And for a while, I had this uh, restlessness within me. Uh, And when the whole shutdown happened, also before, um, I was walking around with this feeling of um, mission has been accomplished. Actually, um, I'm not interested in just running a restaurant and taking care of it. I'm actually interested in building a restaurant, creating a restaurant, introducing uh, um, a new scene uh, wherever I am. And I came a little bit late to the realization because in March, as we just talked about, uh, everything shut down. So what happened here in Denmark or in Copenhagen, but Denmark was our prime minister went on the news uh, on all uh, channels and um, talked on Wednesday and basically said, listen, we're going to lock down on Sunday. And um, or not lock down. We were advised to do it in the beginning. Um, and then we actually closed down on a Friday at Geist because people weren't coming out anymore. People were afraid. Um, and we decided, you know what, if we don't want to go out and eat, if that's not the first thing on our minds, why could we expect that anyone else would do that? Um, and then it was lockdown. You know, all of a sudden you started connecting with a lot of friends. All of a sudden everyone had time. I remember the first thing I did, I called and ordered a yoga mat and I called and ordered uh, some kettlebells because I was expecting that the gyms would be uh, shut down so I could, so I wouldn't go completely crazy. I subscribed to uh, the three, in my opinion, most important newspapers. And, you know, life uh, changed completely. You know, all of a sudden, your body wasn't uh, physically tired anymore. So all of a sudden, I was waking up with the sun uh, 5.30 in the morning, which I can't remember when I did last. Uh, uh, A very healthy life started to begin. Um, You know, you, you needed to find a new rhythm. Um, I started running a lot. Uh, 
um, I bought a bicycle, started uh, like a real proper bicycle, uh, started biking a lot. Um, and weirdly enough, being a chef, cooking a lot at home, all of a sudden I uh, jumped into like huge projects like discovering how to cook rice the best way, like funny, weird things. Uh, because all of a sudden, it, 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 in order not to go crazy, you needed to figure out how to make your day healthy. Uh, started reading a lot of books again. Um, the first one I started to reading was James Baldwin, uh, The Fire Next, I think it was The Fire Next Door or something, uh, next time. Um, and um, all of a sudden, your body just slowed down, you know? Reading newspapers took two hours. Um, and then you're starting feeling your stomach and you get nervous, you start thinking about your your parents. In my case, uh, you call them a lot, you talk to them, hey, listen, we need to uh, have a distance. You talk to your friends, especially the ones that are scared. People really like handle this in different ways. Um, and then you start reflecting, hey, where are you in life? Well, you got there earlier than I did. I definitely had a, privately, I had a period of despair at the beginning. Um, uh, I sort of filled it by doing, we did nightly nightly shows on this podcast uh, for nine weeks. We did a show every day for nine weeks. Um, uh, that was, you know, it was, I felt useful. Um, listeners seemed to really enjoy it. And, you know, my fitness suffered a little bit. And then like you, I started uh, purchasing some gym equipment for the home. Um, I started playing tennis as, as soon as we were allowed to play tennis again. Uh, I started playing tennis maybe three, four times a week and um, uh, kind of turned it around. And some similar things to you, reading a lot more, uh, committing to reading the pit newspaper every day. Um, it, there is a different, there is a different, uh, like you said, rhythm that you can establish that's been, I think, very healthy. And sleep. I've really, for the first time in my life, have embraced uh, the value of sleep. Um, I don't think I've ever regularly slept eight hours a night. And uh, I have been lately. You know, I wake up before my alarm goes off. Um, I wake up alert. Uh, and it affects me tremendously. No, no, but, uh, Andrew, I guess what also happens is that in a weird way, I... From all the times we, you and I we've met, uh, I think it's fair to say we're both pretty down to earth and connected with reality. But on on my side, what also happened was it felt like I got connected and adjusted much more uh, to what were the true values. And maybe I realized that I was maybe just pacing a little bit too fast just for the case of being fast totally i told totally if that hear that at what point bo you know this this new book the relation between us which which i mean i was not surprised to find how much i enjoyed it how much because in my blood we which was the first occasion that you and i had to interview and actually to meet each other um uh was a yeah. book that i was very fond of in new york, in new york. um 
You know, this book, I'd love to talk about, well, let's set it up first. So this book are your photographs taken in your travels around the world. uh, uh, And they are interspersed with, I mean, I I don't know if you, would you call them recipes? I would almost call them little uh, bits of advice about how to enjoy particular ingredients. I mean, they're not recipes in the sense that, uh, you know, you, you don't you don't spend uh, very much, if at all, uh, time giving cooking temperatures, exact cooking times. Uh, it's much more sort of how you would tell a friend uh, about how to how to whip something up in their kitchen. At least that's how I think of it. Um, and and those those re- those dishes that you or those tips that you share are interspersed and and mostly they are occasioned by the subject of a photograph. So for example, you'll see corn and then you'll have a little, a page where you give some instruction for how to, uh, you know, make a, a dish with corn that you do in a, in a cast iron skillet and, and it involves, you know, various other ingredients, of course. Um, there's a real, to me, and this was what I loved about your last book, there's a real feeling of spontaneity to the book and a real feeling of sort of discovery in, in the book. It seems to sort of, almost like dominoes, one page sort of seems to naturally lead to the next. Um, But I'd love to talk about your process. Can you tell me, first of all, when did you first decide to take these photos that you've taken in your travels and, and, and make them, bring them to the forefront of a book? First of all, thank you for the kind words and you're spot on. Uh, You're spot on. Um, But about 10 years ago, uh, a very clever woman, advised me, she actually stopped stopped me and said, listen, sit down. You need to understand taking a picture on a phone is not the same as doing it with a camera. And this was not a photographer. This was a journalist. Uh, And she said, you're going to at some point look back on all your pictures from all your travels and you're going to wish in some weird way to do a book about it. And you're gonna be so devastated that you didn't use a real camera. So I bought uh, a small Leica uh, and I started uh, working on that. And basically for the second time in my life, I had this rush uh, in my body of, whoa, I wanna learn more. The exact same feeling as when I went into a kitchen at the age age of 24, uh, plus minus 15 years later, I I had the same feeling again. This feeling of, I'm curious. I want to... I want to work with this. It didn't, and it actually didn't feel like work. It, this was just like a, a hobby, and and you just do it for yourself. The book is uh, the end of what little did I know uh, has become a trilogy. Uh, the first one was what does memory taste like. The second one was uh, in my blood. And the third one here, the uh, relation between us. The When I was during the lockdown, I mean, this book would have never happened. No way. It, it, it was impossible for it to happen if uh, COVID didn't happen. Um, because 
I decided uh, as one of my projects, hey, Bo, you have 50,000 pictures. Let's clear your Mac. Let's uh, give it some air. <laughs> uh, it's starting to work slow. Your iCloud is heavy. Uh, let's go through them. And I started uh, deleting and deleting and deleting. And uh, as I stumbled upon picture, upon picture, upon picture, I was sort of like, hey, let's put this into a file. Mm. And then it became like, okay, here's 8,000. Then it became 5,000. And when I couldn't like remove any more for this special uh, file, I was down to 1,800 or something. And then I was like, I think there's something in this. There's a story. And to begin with, what I really wanted to try and do was show you what goes on in my mind, what goes on in my heart when I uh, search for knowledge, when I travel, uh, what, what happens before anything gets processed into a white plate uh, or onto a white plate. Um, and, you know, when, when you travel, as you and I, we've, when we've met, you have to really be open-minded. You have to be willing to change uh, uh, instead of going right. Hey, this feels like let's do left. Like, for example, when you and I we were in Philadelphia, also together with Jeff Godinier and Jason Cesaro, and all of a sudden we decided in the morning, hey, someone has a, a, a reservation at a, a, a Thai restaurant, let's go there. And everyone dived into it uh, and, and, and went, jumped on board. And, and I mean, when you travel, what you really learn is when you arrive it you, you freeze a little or at least i do i i i wouldn't say i get scared but i freeze a little uh and i'm sort of like why did i say yes to go uh to saint petersburg why did i say yes to go to medellin in colombia why did i say yes to go to china in uh, sichuan china and then when I unpack, I see my camera and I'm like, okay, you know, let's go out on the street. Let's walk a little. And it's sort of, it becomes my, uh, the key that opens up. And then as soon as I start walking the street, uh, I get curious and I forget all these feelings I had in my body. And, and then I just starting, you know, opening my eyes and searching and you have to be positive when you travel. And you have to be, as I've said 2,000 times now, open-minded. Because otherwise, people won't open their doors for you. And when you, um, when, when I was looking at the pictures, what I also realized, uh, even though I knew it uh, before that, a uh, long time ago, is we aren't actually that different. Maybe what we call uh, meatballs, we call fagadele here in Copenhagen, uh, and they're oval. Uh, in Turkey, they're round and called uh, kifte. Or, you know, it, we aren't really that different. Uh, so what, what if I were to do a book that showed people at their best doing what they love to do, 
their, their profession. Um, so that's what I set out to do. And all of a sudden, I thought, what if I can compare same actions? For example, there's a, 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 a female chef trainee at Paul Bocuse doing some sort of uh, paste, uh, pastry cream. And then on the other page next to it, you see uh, uh, a man uh, whipping um, sugarcane juice that's been reduced to a caramel. And they're basically doing the same mm -hmm. thing. Uh, and that's the rhythm of the book. Uh, you see someone in a, a market in, in, in somewhere, and you see the same reaction somewhere else. But then again, the book also has a different rhythm, and you're not supposed to feel it. it, it it's about five to six travel days. So I learned this from sitting next to my good friend and your friend as well, Jason Cesaro, once when he wrote, and he said, let's start from top of you. Uh, let's draw a picture in words of where we are. And then we zoom in. And then he, 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 I realized that with the distance between A and B, that's where you get tempo. And that's where it becomes interesting. So the, the book has a rhythm of showing pictures. First, you see a city. Then you zoom in. You see in a completely different city, uh, a Kaiseki chef's shoes. Then you see the market uh, in Bolivia. And all of a sudden, you're shopping for groceries. All of a sudden, you might be having a snack. Then you're back home in the kitchen, uh, chopping, doing something. All of a sudden, guests are sitting, eating at a table. You're clearing down. You see the city at night. And that's the rhythm. And during that pace, that musicality of the book, uh, you mentioned corn. Uh, that's a picture of three uh, corn workers in Medellin, Colombia. Uh, on the next page, I, I, I give you a recipe where uh, I would almost say it's almost like a poem unintentionally because it would be the equivalent of you telling me, Bo, I'm in Colombia. Um, I just bought some corn. What should I do? And then I tell you, hey, heat up uh, uh, a pan when it's red, uh, put the corn on. When they start to pop, add a knob of butter, break an egg, you know, add bam, 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 bam. So you want it to have this rhythm of, you can't really apologize for my word, but you can't really fuck up. Food is about just engaging, you know? And, and if you do have to stumble, you have another chance again tomorrow. But I wanted to give you hope when, when you look at this book. And there's uh, some poetry or philosophy, some advice, however you look at it, uh, about how to begin cooking, the work you have to do at a chopping board, uh, take a shower before your guest comes. So small little fun stories of things I've learned makes the day or the meal better. I, lo I love all of that. Can you speak to me for a moment about how 
photography, um, I guess how taking pictures affects your, um, I think you used the phrase a few minutes ago about being present. Um, uh, you know, I periodically in my life make a, make a very conscious effort to stop taking pictures with my phone, right? Because I want to just be in the moment. I don't want to do anything that's going to take me outside of it or make me self-conscious or uh, interrupt what's going on. Um, uh, and I think that's healthy. But, you know, it seems to me for you, the act of taking pictures uh, actually has the opposite. Please tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me it has the opposite effect. It seems to me like it actually puts you more in the moment uh, as you go around with your Leica camera. Is that accurate or is that inaccurate? The difference from having a phone to an actual camera, regardless of what brand and size and all of that, is when you are carrying your camera around, you're reminded to, to when you look, you see pictures, actually, but you do it unconsciously. Uh, and I, I think I'm like a revolver camera uh, photographer, human being kind of person. That means I don't stand on a corner and wait for the right person to walk by where the light hits them the right way. Uh, I don't have that kind of patience. I will, if I... If I'm arriving at a market, I'll do my settings of what I think this should be the settings for the camera. And as I just walk through it uh, together with you, for example, uh, you wouldn't barely see me taking pictures. Uh, I, I love if I can capture a picture where people don't even like discover that I did it. Well, you use the phrase in the, I'm sorry to interrupt, but in the book, you I actually wrote this down. You use the phrase that you, you say that unlike uh, the way you are when you're refining a dish, let's say for a restaurant, that when you uh, do photography, you, sh you use the phrase, you shoot from the hip. Exactly. But that's the exact, it's it's spot on. And, and what it is, I don't want to break out of my, uh, uh, rhythm of being present and being there. Um, I think what sometimes happens with the phone is you're challenged if all of a sudden you see a message from a person, uh, either an actual iMessage or a, a Instagram notification or something or an email. You have a tendency to then get confused and you start opening it up and looking at it. Uh, whereas with the camera, the only thing you can do with it is actually taking yeah. a picture or make a movie. Uh, so you don't get interrupted. Um, and, and I actually, I don't mind either at a restaurant if you take a picture with your phone or not. I do it constantly. I think the difference is we have to remind ourselves that take the picture, put the phone away again. And just be in the moment uh, and enjoy it. Uh, if we're talking social media, uh, I will never, regardless of if it's called Instagram or not, Insta, uh, I, I rarely post a picture of the actual moment. I'll, uh, when we had the dinner together, the last we had that lunch, uh, I posted my pictures two days later when I was quiet, 
I won't, wasn't together with people. I was maybe having breakfast or lunch or finished a run or something. I said, ah, let's do that now. Uh, and there's a huge difference within that. But the thing about this book, what happened with In My Blood, which was one-to-one, -one, the reality of what happened at Geist. You had, there were no secrets. You had the full recipe. And the funny thing, Andrew, is in my, the last 10 years of my life, when people ate at Geist, uh, they would always, uh, as a, a poke to me, say, hey, Bo, your food is so easy. It's three ingredients. Like, man, wish we could be that simple. And it, this is easy to make. So at some point I thought, you know, let's just do the recipes. And I realized after two years, this is two years ago, uh, after I did the book, and uh, and the book sold amazingly, uh, uh, people sort of said, are you cooking from, yeah, but we're not actually cooking the dishes, because it looks way too beautiful. We don't think we can do it. And I was like, man, you got to be joking. This doesn't get more simple. But I think they were intimidated uh, with the presentation and the sharpness of it. Um, and so I wanted to remove the pressure. With this book, there's obviously the photo reportage is a huge part of the book and, and maybe the strongest part of the, the, the book. But there's, I think it's 50 or 60 recipes. Um, and in... in they're trying to get you into the kitchen without you freezing and, 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 and saying, I can't do this. They have a much more uh, light approach to how you could approach food. And, and if I could get you to do just one of the, the, the recipes, I, I think I've won. And thereby you have won because then you are, you're in it. Well, you also, I mean, I think it's very, uh, it makes everything uh, even extra approachable. You do oftentimes leave a decision up to the reader, right? Like, for example, it might have even been that corn dish. I can't remember offhand, but there's one um, place where you, you talk about adding um, maybe some allspice or something else. And then you say if you're, and vanilla, and then you say if you're not an adventurous eater, you can leave those out. Um, you know, you do you do leave a little bit of um, personal taste uh, up to up to the the cook who's going to be taking your advice and going into the kitchen, and you also I think give advice that anticipates uh, the mindset of a cook. There's one place where you say uh, you're talking about adding butter, and you say add more butter than you think you need to, um, and then you right, which is that's a very to me, the best instruction you get from a cookbook or from an instructor is advice that anticipates mistakes or anticipates questions and then answers them or directs you away from the mistakes. But, you know, cooking, without sounding religious, it's very much a feeling. Um, and it requires that you actually are present at, at the time because... Uh, you wouldn't drive a car without watching where you're going 
And but but so why would you put a pan on or put something in the oven and not watching it uh, and taking care of it where it's going? Because otherwise you may maybe end up with a disaster. Uh, the, the, what I've realized also uh, at the age of 48 is um, then you you do a precise recipe and you say uh, you have to use lemon thyme. And then you all of a sudden you meet someone and they wanted to do the recipes, uh, but or the recipe and they couldn't do it because they couldn't find lemon time, and and you start smiling uh, uh, in, in a humble way, but but sort of like, hey, listen, you could do the dish without lemon time. It's not important. And I think when you are not uh, used to cooking. You think it's life and death. And you don't know that it could be capers, it could be jalapenos, it could be a green chili, it could be a red chili. It doesn't matter. It's 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 the spiciness of the saltiness of the sourness. That, that's what gives uh, the thinginess uh, to the dish. And that that you you have to begin by cooking and then slowly you'll start to adapt these feelings where you know how to turn a corner um you know totally totally so you know there's can we talk about the title of this book it's called the relation between us and for anybody wondering what that means and this is not a spoiler because a page or two later and is this your is it your handwriting by the way so in your handwriting there's a page and it simply says one each word above the next earth people animal those are the those are the relationships correct yeah and those are the uh yeah but uh, yes that's correct but that's those are the, the three chapters so the book has also been done the same way the two other books has been done they, they they've been produced the same way as i cook food therefore first i i i i'm a uh i gather all the information in my basket Sort of if I went to the market, I buy way too much. Because when I'm there, I get um, I get greedy. Oh, I could do this. Oh, I could do this. You could almost say I have a yes hat on uh, uh, instead of having a no hat on. Because that breaks it up and you, you get the wrong feelings within you. And, and then when you come home, you have multiple options. And, and then you have to sort of uh, start shaving it down, you know? You have to trim it. The relation between us is also, I think, for example, I remember arriving very early in the morning in, in Shanghai. And I, because I've traveled for a, a lot, I knew, hey, listen, you need to be awake for the next five hours. Uh, So I thought, uh, I'm tired. I can't be in my room. Um, Put on running shoes. It's early in the morning. There are no cars. I decided just to run without my phone. Uh, Just be free. Because then again, and again, we talk a lot about the phone. The phone isn't the enemy. Uh, It's your friend. But but if, if, if... we tend to to rely on the computer so much, and it's fun to to shut it off. 
So I was out running and, and when an hour later I sort of done a huge circle, I, I was walking and I saw down the street, I saw a big pot of water being thrown out onto the street. And I, I went down there and I, I saw there was a guy doing, uh, a chef doing in the basement, uh, what I later learned was henna noodles, sort of like an oily noodle where he, he, he throws them up and down in the air so they stretch and, and he keeps doing that motion so they become thinner and thinner and you have the longest noodle. And he looks at me and he sort of points at a plastic chair and he says, hey, he invites me. And I take my pockets and I show them that they're empty and he laughs and he points again. And I go down and I sit, and, and two minutes later, I'm eating a ramen uh, of henna noodles or a hot pot dish of some sort with chili and stuff. And, and you know, you're just happy. And, and he gave it for free. Of course, I went back later on. I took a picture of him, which is the one that's in the book. And I paid him for the dish, even though he didn't want it. But what I liked about that memory and that moment, it was because I was brave enough to like navigate away from my route and I was present, I had an experience I otherwise couldn't have Googled. I couldn't have seen it at any book or guide or anything. And it became a very honest moment where just two human beings sensed something and, and it, it gave birth to something. Does it make, I, no, I apologize it makes total for my sense. English. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Bo, you talk about in the book, it, it, I found it, I, I'm going to ask, if you don't have an answer, it's fine, I'll, I'll, I'll edit the question out. But you, you very, to me, almost in a teasing way, you, you talk about, um, and I love this because I personally, I, I, I do actually love to, I, I love to travel, but when I say that, I mean I love going, I love arriving in new places and discovering them. I don't like the act of travel. And you have a very short essay called The Journey, uh, where you talk about kind yeah. of being alert to the to the to the journey and being alive to what happens and how some of the you know funniest and most mind blowing things that you've experienced have actually happened when you were in, en route to a place. Um, but then you don't you don't tell any of those stories. <laughs> you don't tell any of those stories. Do you? The whole book is about that. I thought you no, meant more like it, you know it, uh, being in transit. No, but but it's sort of like um, the advice was one given to me is that when you're going from destination A to destination B, you know both of those places. And we have a tendency if we're in a cab or in a bus or in a train to shut down and, and stop being present. And... That story I actually just told you about the henna noodle is one of those stories where I'm being present between the A and Got the it. B, and I realize something. So uh, it's it's more sort of like an advice. Just because you're sitting in a car on uh, 8th Street and 5th Avenue, and you know you're going uptown to 60th Street, 
doesn't mean that you should just stop looking. You could still just sit there and look at people. Mm, got it. Okay, so we're not talking necessarily about uh, transcontinental or significant journeys. We're talking about journeys from point A to point B that you w would have in your everyday exactly. life. Okay. Exactly. Yep. So, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you want to go down to the baker, uh, you're not you don't have tunnel vision and only look at that. You see the things that are around you while you are walking to the baker. No, a hundred percent. And you know, it's interesting. And this, I mean, uh, for listeners, I, I, I don't know if this will seem too personal. It's, it's definitely not too personal for me to tell you this. Um, but you know, I've been, I've been, I've started meditating in the last several months. I do it every day. Um, and you know, one thing I, I do remind myself of every morning is and it's the first thing on my you know on the, the on the thoughts that I go through is just to take a moment to appreciate and recognize you know the the miracle of just being who you are and being alive on this planet uh, at any given time and it sounds very trite to say this but it's you know when you talk about you wake up and you go to get a cup of coffee or you go to work it you know you we do tend to get so caught up in the in all of the sort of deadlines and pressures of day-to-day -day life that it is so easy uh, and I think very logical in a lot of ways to lose sight of how lucky we all are just to be here. <laughs> and if you do make a moment to remember that every day, you do open yourself up to the kind of moments that you're describing. Exactly. And do you know what the funny thing is? The funny thing is that if we don't consider the air and the water as an expense, the only thing we know we, we have to do at least one time the rest of our lives every day is have a meal. Yeah, right. So I find it pretty crazy that, and I'm not pointing fingers, and th this is not me being a chef, and just because I live with food that I have these uh, opinions, I think I, I don't understand if you have chosen some sort of uh, done some sort of conclusion where you've uh, to say excluded food. So it's not part of your life. Um, with everything we do, if we, the more we do it, the better we become at it. And for example, with food, and I know people work a lot and, and, and they're very busy and time is of essence, but the thing is, there's almost, isn't that meal I couldn't cook within 10 minutes? Yeah. You know? And, but it, it, it demands uh, experience, not as a pro chef, not at all, but but in, instead of standing and watching uh, something you put in the oven, if you just know, hey, drop a few things in a pot, put a lid on, uh, put it on uh, 300 Fahrenheit, drop it in the oven, and then forget about it for four hours, you, you've actually only wasted five minutes of your day. But if you're waiting for it for the four hours, then I understand why food can be time consuming. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, 100%. Well, and I also, as we've all been, you know, I mean, New York has opened up a little again, and I'm not at home as quite as much as I was throughout the summer. But, um, you know, uh, I, I actually started using the... Uh, uh, the steps of a dish, and I'm not talking about terribly complicated cooking, but I use it to break up my writing day. You know, I'll, I'll come down and 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 yeah. and and do little bits of prep for the dinner I want to make, and it creates this wonderful anticipation for dinner, and and it also mm. when the time uh, I'm sort of my own prep cook, right? But I, uh, but you know, when I come down to actually make the meal, everything's ready. You know, and it's uh, and that's become a part of my day. It's this like thread that's woven through the day, which I I happen to love. I have to tell you, when you said if people would make just one dish, the first thing I am going to make out of this book is and I've never seen it. I don't know where you came up with it or if it's more common than I recognize. But there is a mezcal sauce that you recommend for fish and shellfish. Uh, that could not yeah. be simpler. Uh, I think it's maybe four ingredients or so. Um, is that is that your own uh, creation, or is that something that you? I know chefs don't like that word, but is that uh, something that you? Do, is that something? Thank you for believing in me. What's that? <laughs> I said thank you for believing in me. <laughs> but is that your own? Uh, is that is that your, something you uh, devised yourself, or is that something that you were served somewhere? Something I just uh, yeah. whipped up, but listen. At the end of the day, it's actually not so important. Uh, the inspiration came from a beurblon, a beurblon sure. like butter, white wine, yeah. and sauce. It, it's the same principle, and uh, it, it's very simple. Peel some onions. If you don't like onions, use carrots. If you have artichokes. It's even better. If you have celeriac, it gets a little bit sweeter. You put them in the pot so it covers, and then you you, you cover whatever ingredients you dropped into it. Um, you cover it with mezcal. You bring it slowly to the boil. Just before it, it starts boiling, you lit a fire on it, so you sort of flambe the alcohol away, or you burn the alcohol away, and then you reduce it until there's almost syruply like consistency without burning. And then you add some salted butter, little by little, and making sure that it doesn't boil, because then there's the risk of the sauce splitting. And, and then you've done the best mezcal butter sauce in your life. And that's how the recipes are. Easy, approachable, and... Um, understandable yes and high uh, a lot of them have very high what i would call high utility value right you can use their their they're meant to be used in different contexts and 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 uh, combined with other things that are in your repertoire or in the case in the case of exactly. this you, you just you don't even I, I don't think you even give a a specific example of what fish or shellfish you just say this is good for fish or shellfish um yeah and yeah. i can tell you in the next three or four days i will be i will be making my version of that. So thank you for that. Remember, remember to tag me so I can see okay, how it went down. You got it. Uh, can I ask you something? What do you think of the book? Well, I love the book. I love the I'm sorry, has that not been clear? No, I love, I-, I Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm my just, impressions. I, I'm uh, sorry. My impressions of the book, well, first of all, I have to be honest, at this moment, right, you and I are talking here at a moment in time, right? 
Um, at this moment in time, uh, it it both um, satisfied and tweaked my um, uh, my my real real um, desire to travel. Right, like I have been, and in fact, a lot of my friends. This has been a conversation that I've had either on uh, group phone calls or people I've had. I've been dining outside a little in New York City. Um, you know, the question is, where are you going to go first? You know, when this is over, where are you going to go first? Um, you know, my wife is dying to go back to Ireland, which she loves. Uh, I am dying to visit Los Angeles just because it's almost a second home for me. And I have a lot of friends there and I, you know, I just haven't been traveling right now. Um, but I have to say at the same, so at the, and on one level, the book satisfied that for me. On another level, just strictly speaking about, I'm just being honest with you, as I know you want me to be, at this moment in time, it made me a little nostalgic for when it, we could all just get on a plane and go somewhere. Um, uh, yeah. But I have to tell you also, Bo, and I'm not just saying this to flatter you, it did make me think, you know, maybe maybe my first trip won't be to LA. Maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go to Mexico. Uh, you know, I've, there's a spa that I go to uh, once in a while that's in uh, basically Tecate, right, right over the border from San Diego. But other than that, yeah. I've never traveled throughout Mexico. And, you know, I've, I've always wanted wow. to. And I was looking at some of your pictures and I thought, you know what? Maybe my first trip will be, maybe I won't go back to a place I know. Maybe I'll throw myself into the wild and, and uh, maybe I'll buy a camera. <laughs> Um, but these are thoughts I had when I was reading your book. I don't think I can pay you a better compliment than that. Um, no, that's beautiful. Thank yeah, you so but, much. But uh, the other thing that I just love is, you know, because I have collaborated on so many books with so many chefs, um, you know, in addition to the photography, which I really enjoyed, I do love the way that you wrote. Again, I don't, well, what do you, do you use the word recipe? What do you call the the uh the the food pages in the book what do you call them i just i, I just call yeah, them recipes. recipes okay so but i love the way the recipes in this book are done i think if most chefs are honest uh, you know in the united states for sure there is an assumption in publishing that home cooks don't know how to cook intuitively um like the person you explained who didn't get the uh, lemon was it lemon time uh you know, they yeah. think that home cooks don't know to make those substitutions. They don't know that if you don't have champagne vinegar, you could use white wine vinegar. Um, and so recipes tend to be incredibly specific, uh, almost to the point of um, uh, oppressive. And uh, I love recipes that are written the way that you do them in this book. I think it is how... You don't have to be a great cook or prof I'm not a professional cook, um, but I think if you are someone who is, just, let's just say, comfortable in a kitchen, has a little bit of experience and intuition, this is how I like to receive information and advice because it then allows me to do what I want to do and make it my own uh, very easily. I have an invitation to do that, right? So both visually and practically, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. But you know, the, thank you so much. Uh, it's really kind of you to say. Um, I, the reason why I ask you, Andrew, is uh, it, it's very tough doing a book in the sense that 
when you've been serving food for people for so long as I've had, you're so used to that you can see them that you uh, you don't de- they don't even need to communicate. You can just read their body language, and and then you immediately get your response if, if they like it or not. When you do a book, it's like you 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 drop something, you work crazy hard on it, and then. Uh, it's released, and then there's silence. It's like a message. It's like yeah, a like, message. You know what I mean by message yeah. in, message in a bottle? Yeah. yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then when you get interviewed, people want to understand uh, how you did it. But you don't really know if, uh, if it's a success or not. And the thing, the reason why the flow of the recipes are like this, again, you wanted to maybe... Uh, challenge yourself a little bit more about with Mexico and I can only encourage you to do that because it's so beautiful I got like like I can talk about Mexico for an hour but <clears throat> let's say you and I are in Veracruz just outside of uh, Oaxaca in in Mexico uh, and we're walking doing nothing but just being curious and all of a sudden you see a pumpkin or something and you would just as we continued walking you would say but what would you do with it and i would say hey drop it in the oven bake it bum 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 you could add this if you don't have lemon use uh orange or if you don't have that use the kombucha you have from leftover i know you had in the fridge or we would just have a conversation and and that's the rhythm of the recipes in the book and it's supposed to encourage you to believe this is actually doable because you know if you want to run a marathon and you you are not used to running you go you buy the shoes you buy the whole uh the whole kit and 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 you not wasted, but you've used a lot of money, uh, and then you start running, and and you you start doing it wrong, and you start your body start breaking up, and all of a sudden you get angry at your shoes and your 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 shorts or whatever, and 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 you stop, you quit, and only because you were impatient, only because you didn't start slow. Like, let's do 1K or 2Ks and and then see how it goes. Do I like running or not? And it's the same thing with food. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said earlier in this conversation, uh, you know, if you make a mistake, there's always the next meal, right? It's not, it's, uh, you you need to get comfortable with that feeling of uh, being a student uh, of learning, of improving, of uh, letting yourself make mistakes. Um, yeah, exactly. And the, there's an example of of um, uh, an, another sort of, if we could call it a quote, or an advice, or a reminder, a friendly reminder in the book. Uh, knowing the price of the chair, um, you wouldn't arrive to a private home, come in and just say, it smells weird. Oh, the bubbles, the champagne is not cold enough. uh, Why did you put these paintings on the wall? Like, 
you wouldn't arrive to a private home like that. You would be much more humble. And when you're having the dinner and you're sitting around the table and maybe there's six, eight or ten people, um, you, you, you can't just like not say anything, not engage. You have to invest in the group you're together with. You have to show them that you're not only uh, there as a, uh, what's the word in English, but you're not only there, uh, you're not only stealing, you're also investing. You're not only taking. And, and, and that's what I mean about knowing the price of the chair. Because when people often go to a restaurant, that's how, how they act. And it doesn't bring out the best in the staff. So be humble. Be human. Be down to earth. I have two last questions for you. One is, um, what was your process of learning? You talked about when you you know, first got your camera and feeling uh, the way you did when you first went into a kitchen. How much time did you spend studying? Was it trial and error? Did you take any sort of classes? Did you read a lot? Because I have to say, I, 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 I'm not a photographer myself. My father loved taking pictures. Um, I, I've worked on a number of books. I, I feel like I have a very good eye. And I have to say, your compositions really strike me. Um, I, I feel like the compositions throughout this book are stunning. Um, and I'm wondering if that's something you arrived at. Just uh, are you just uh, do you have a natural gift for it, or was it trial and error, or did you actually do some kind of formal education on that front? I, I think it's a combination of everything. Uh, I haven't taken any class. I haven't uh, actually done anything. But, you know, um, when you worked in a restaurant and, and I've basically been in charge of the food that is going onto a plate for more than 20 years, then you're pretty trained in the composition of a dish and, and, and how I call it a rhythm. Um, and then you unconsciously or consciously pay attention when other photographers arrive and they want to take a picture of you or or the food and then when you travel you start if because you're curious and you're uh, engaging it uh, you start seeing what works and what doesn't work uh, but Andrew boy oh boy have I fucked up <laughs> uh, have I made mistakes I mean, uh, my book wouldn't look beautiful if I had to have all the the, the mistakes, uh, the misfits, uh, because uh, shaken pictures and, and, and completely wrong lighting. But the camera I'm using now is a Leica Q, and that's my fourth camera in the line or my evolution with a camera. So, again, like I just talked about the marathon, don't start by setting yourself, putting yourself into a NASCAR and believe you can drive it. You have to begin understanding a few uh, primitive rules. And then once you master that, you move on to the next one. What I found is... I love if there can be some sort of tempo, some sort of 
speed, some sort of motion in the picture so it doesn't become static uh, and it becomes like a, a portrait. Uh, I, I love if I can capture uh, energy uh, within something. Um, uh, but what I also did here, I, I, I've then later on, actually, while I was doing this book, uh, I took actually a class. There was uh, on, um, I kept seeing on Instagram that they were making sort of some like masterclass, mm-hmm. I think called yes. masterclass. So because I was all of a sudden with all of this time, I, I signed on. So when I turned on to masterclass, I, there was a masterclass with Annie Leibovitch and um, hearing her talk about her approach to, to photography, uh, boy, did I learn my, uh, a lot. Like, like, really, I learned a lot. But over the years, you know, countless dinners or lunches or, or walks with, with, with photographers, you start, like, challenging them and asking, hey, why do you do this? Why don't you do that? You know? Initially, when I began, I was very uh, mathematic, very, uh, uh, it needed to form some sort of uh, perfect line. And and now I'm much more uh, um, fond of, uh, how do you say, uh, the opposite of, of straight lines, where you have motion within yes. your pictures. And, you know, um, I follow a guy called Steve Mercury uh, on Instagram, and it's probably one of the best photographers in the world. And and you learn so much just by like looking over their shoulders of of the best people in the world. Um, I think what my pictures bring is sort of some um, sense of that you believe that this actually happened. This wasn't staged. This wasn't created for the sake of the picture. This was actually reality. And that's also the way the recipes are. Uh, This is doable. And you know, if you don't have butter, use olive oil. Is olive oil the same as butter? No, it's not. But it shouldn't be the thing that keeps you from cooking that fried egg. So my last question, Bo, is: uh, Am I correct? Do you self-publish? Yeah, all my book is what, self-published. What? Is that strictly because you just want to do it how you want to do it, and it gives you total control, and you don't have to sort of? What's oh, the reason wow. for that? Oh, I wish, uh, I wish that someone would publish my books, um, but initially, it always began. Uh, a publisher would uh, approach me and they would say, hey, we find you unique. You have a a ridiculous style nobody else has. We want to capture that. And then you start doing your book and then they come back to you. Yeah, but we need to make it uh, adaptable for normal people. Uh, And all of a sudden, they're not curious about your style. And then you hear sentences like, uh, we know what sells. But you know, when you open a restaurant, you're not so concerned about if it sells or not. You, you, you want to create 
that story, uh, those pictures, the, that food, that wine, that experience that you are true to. Um, and so I guess it became like it's much easier just to do it yourself. Of course, it's a costly game, but if you can afford it, uh, I can only advise it uh, because you have full control. But you, once you've done your book, you have to turn it over to some uh, clever people that can help uh, with guidance and make the book better. Uh, but you don't want people, you don't want the constant fight of you have to defend why you want to do a mezcal sauce or not, or whether people like it or not. Uh, I think it's it's brilliant. I think it's fantastic, and it tastes like 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 it's it's sick. That's how good it is. And I've never done it before before I did it. And the reason why I want to do it was I had a picture uh, next to another picture of uh, uh, a distillery of mezcal in actually Oaxaca. And when I moved the opposed picture that was supposed to be the same uh, feeling, you know, the relation between us, uh, I was missing something that could be next to that picture. And I couldn't find it within my pictures. And then I thought, I'll do a recipe. Um, what can I do? And all of a sudden, I was reminded of Beurblanc. And, and it's so easy and so simple. Uh, and often with the most elegant, easy things, we tend to forget them. I'm glad you do it your way, Bo. I'm, 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 I'm glad to have this book. I'm thrilled to have you back on the show. Uh, I'll have said this in the introduction, but why don't you go ahead and tell people uh, how the, the best place to order? And thank you for having me on the show, Andrew. Uh, the best way to uh, receive this book is to go online onto my website, uh, World Wide Web, uh, dot uh, Chef Bo Beck, and it's spelled uh, C-H-E-F-B-O-B-E-C-H dot com. And uh, therefore, thereafter, it's very easy. Uh and you'll have the book within five days if you order it Great. online. Bo, thank you uh, for making time to talk again and uh, all the best for the holidays and the new year. Thank you so much, Andrew. And stay safe until you again. Hopefully yes. soon. And that's our show for today. Again, my great thanks to Bo Beck for calling in. All the way from Denmark. Again, his book is called The Relation Between Us. I do highly recommend it. And again, the place to purchase that is chefbobeck.com. And that site is linked to on the episode page for this show at andrewtalkstochefs.com, as well as on the listing for this particular episode on Apple Podcasts, where the links are functional. Our thanks to After School Special for our music. Please do check them out. Their album, Double Barrel, Single Entendre, is available on iTunes. Please follow us on Instagram. The handle there is at Chef Podcast. And if you would take a moment to rate us or review us on Apple Podcasts, it helps people find the show, and we would really appreciate it. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we will be back very soon with another episode of Andrew Talks to Chefs. <laughs>